Hello and welcome to Men in Progress, the podcast of the United Methodist Men of Treach here in Flower Mound, Texas. We're part of the Life Plus God podcast series from Treach Memorial United Methodist Church, and we drop a new podcast every Tuesday. Really appreciate you listening to our latest episode. My name is Dave Casey, and if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that we're just a bunch of guys trying to be better men and live better lives in our walk with God, help our families, our work colleagues, and each other. In this episode of Men in Progress, we're tackling a topic that hits each of us who are parents, but also those of us that serve as teachers, coaches, or even scout leaders. Our topic today is how to be a good parent when your kids don't honor father and mother. You know, on paper, we're adults and they're kids. When our own children or those under our supervision are acting less than angelic or to downright hateful, we should be able to rise above, right? To remember who's the grown up. In truth, that's easier said than done. Go to Disney World and watch if you don't believe me. Joining in this discussion about how to be a good parent when your kids aren't honoring mom and dad are three of my fellow brothers from Treach, Stephen Campbell, Dave Parsons, and Steve Garrison. Guys, welcome to Men in Progress. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having us. I'm glad to be here. Super. Well, we're going to have, this is allowed to be a lively discussion since you guys are not only parents, but to deal with kids on a regular basis. Um, some choice. younger, some older, you know. So it's, a, yeah, by choice. By choice, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? So, so let's get the things. obvious out of the way first. So uh, we, and I'll include myself in this, uh, we all have perfect children. So this is really a theoretical uh-huh. you know, discussion that mm-hmm. we're going to have, right? So I really appreciate you being here. Um, you know, that uh, you're... You guys' career is around children, but you also have your own children. And uh, for those that you don't know, um, Stephen is a high school baseball coach. Uh, Dave is a high school teacher. And uh, Steve is the director of youth here at Treach. So you guys all are, are dealing with our youth, you know, on a regular basis. So let me ask you, uh, and you can all take a, t- a swing at this if you like. Can you describe a time when one of your kids or maybe one of the kids that you're working with wasn't super respectful in how you handled it, uh, good or bad? So, uh, Coach, we're going to start with you. Oh, coming at me fast. <laughs> um, let me think of a time. Um, usually on the baseball field, because the guys are there and they want to try to play and get better, they're for the most part, very respectful because they can lose their spot. Their yeah. spot. They can lose their free time. Uh, yeah. Probably in the, definitely in my younger years in the classroom, there were some misunderstandings, I guess, with kids. Probably where I, I definitely came down way too hard, especially early on as a teacher, just because I didn't do um, student teaching. I did alt certification because I, I oh. ready to get going. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, there's so is that a skill they teach you? Is how to deal I, with no, difficult just, kids? Just classroom experience. Yeah, and like yeah. Kids chirping or doing something like that. So, I think definitely, just several times I was probably way too coach mode yeah. in the classroom. Um, on maybe like an innocent seventh grader that didn't have a pencil or something. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, and you're all over him. I'm like, you're unprepared, <laughs> and oh, how dare you? Because, but and now I've got a big cup of pencils and pens and just nothing. I don't want anything to get in the way of yeah. of class running smoothly. So that's an example for me where yeah. I probably was over the top yeah. start. 
<laughs> so Steve, I'll switch to you because you're you're dealing with well church kids. So all of your church kids got to be just like a model of behavior, right? <laughs> oh yes, they're always perfect little angels. Um, I will I will tell you the kids that have showed up to youth. I've had a few. I'll, one particular who was just always disrespectful uh, to the adults, to me, um, and. I would always try to redirect them, talk to them, but I would also I would also always try to balance that with some positive reinforcement, positive sure. interaction. Yeah. Of not just always being yelling at him, not always getting mad at him. But um, I did fail him once. Uh, it was right before we were about to go get commissioned at the service, um, and he came to me um, uh, with just I was already stressed out, and he came to me with something ridiculous. And I just lost my cool, and I yelled at this kid wow. at top of my lungs and just screaming at me, and I think half the congregation heard me, and I just <laughs> really felt embarrassed. and just It was just not a good moment. I think I just lost my cool. Um, and, you know, in a moment of vulnerability later, I you know, I apologized to him, and I said, hey, that's not how I should have behaved. Yeah, That's not how you deal with that. And I think we... We built a hat. We had a pretty good relationship, and because he was also a kid that was so frustrating, but also so good. Yeah, like yeah. When he was on. He was just such a good kid, but when he wasn't, uh, so it was just this balance of uh, just yep. just being there for him. I think. So I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Parsons. Uh, you know what? What really runs through your mind um, when kids aren't showing you the what? What should be the proper respect? Either you or Amy, you know, depending how it, you know, whether it's your kids or well, uh, she works with kids too. So I mean, it's the same same deal. She used to a lot. Um, yeah. In classroom, it's a little different because they're not my kids. I don't know what's going on at home. Yeah. So you just got to be a little forgiving. At home, I do know what's mostly going on. <laughs> so I remember. Yeah, we um, all kid ourselves that we, my, we we're in total oldest, control. <laughs> my <laughs> oldest daughter, I think, was either in late elementary school or early middle school and just slammed the door to her room. And so we just took the door off <laughs> and grounded her from the door Wow! For, for a while. So that's pretty strong. <laughs> it works. <laughs> Nowhere to run to. Oh now. man. So, um, and this is, you know, I guess towing the line when you're, when you're a professional and you're dealing with other people's kids, I mean, that's, um, and I know in our society now we've got all kinds of rules and regulations. And we were talking a little earlier before the broadcast. You know, in the old days, uh, particularly if you had a coach, you know, I had I went to a small school, so all my coaches were teachers too. So I'd have them in class, and then have them for whatever sport. And if you act, if you acted up in class, he may not do anything to you then. It'd just wait till you get you know to the field. <laughs> Things happen. You know, laps happen. Other we don't things. forget. Yeah. Don't oh no, no, no. There's a, there's an accounting, but um, so when in when you're having a tough time with a with a kid, um, you know, what's your first reaction on how to handle that, Stephen? I'll ask you. Mm, like if a, if I'm having a problem with the kid, there's definitely going to be, you know, general reminders to start the whole thing, and then mm -hmm. it's going to move to if that continues, we're going to pull them aside, talk to them one on one. And then, and then it just turns into I'm contacting your parents yeah. from there, and we're going to all talk together to work this out because the parents don't want to get called. And a lot of times I've done this in the past where I've had the kid tell the story of what happened, and that parent, well, like, it hits different than just coming from 
Yeah. If you do it that way, I think they can't go home and create their own story right. of what happened. Like, yeah. Yeah. Here's what happened. Tell them the truth right now. And so yeah. that's that's been successful uh, for me. And it's like a, you just can't be – nobody wants to call home to parents. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like, oh, my goodness. But that's just something you got to do sometimes. Yeah. Like, hey, this is happening or this happened, and I want you to know, and we're going to handle it on our end, but you yep. need to have that conversation. So, um, Steve, and, you know, dealing with uh, the kids at church and so on, do you um, – do you set expectations? Like it's a school year starts, you get a new batch of kids. Do you kind of try to set expectations so they know what you, how you expect them to behave, and so on? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's key. I think I think teachers would probably agree. Is you start you start with their expectations, and um, I I've had some good responses from just you know call them out. Um, sometimes they. Uh, they don't like to be called out or like they don't expect to get called out. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they think they can get away with it or once they get redirected, like, Oh, okay. Um, but like what Dave said, you know, these, I don't know their, all their stories, like they're not my kids. And so sometimes it's just getting to know what's going on in their life. Um, that kind of helps, uh, getting to know their story. And sometimes I could, that can help you redirect their behavior. Um, so, yeah, but church kids, I get, you know, most of the time they're well-behaved because a lot of times they, they want to be good here. Yeah. But I've also had the opposite of kids who come from homes who are super strict. Their parents are super strict. And when they come to this environment, they uh, this is they feel like they can just let loose. <laughs> this is their release, right? Yes, it is. And yeah. so I think yeah. that's – and just, just knowing the parents and same thing. I've had a, I've had a few indications of just getting the parents involved, and I think yeah. that helps. Very cool. So Dave Parsons, uh, hello. Yeah, he's still here. Hey, so how much do you think the the way you approach these things um, is based on how you were raised and your teachers, your coaches, along the way, your parents? Uh, probably very different. Um, like if I was in school and my parent got a phone call, the school could not do anything. <laughs> worse yeah. <laughs> than what I was going to get when I got home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very strict expectations. So you kind of knew what the expectations were oh, when absolutely. you got to school. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Trying to fight not doing what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can I can uh, empathize, empathize with that. Again, I was in a small community, so my parents knew all of our teachers, too. Mm-hmm. And they were like social friends and everything. I mean, it wasn't wasn't a big environment, so really nothing went unnoticed. I mean, you could, you know, the whole town's going to talk about it. Yes, and you know, you could do one screw up in school, and you know, my father knew about it before I got home. You know, <laughs> it's one of those deals. I think my yeah. my dad was raised with basically any adult is in charge of you. If you need a, a whooping, <laughs> they yeah. give you a whooping. Yeah, and you deserved it. Yeah, I remember my parents telling me that, and, you know, I knew, you know, I played with my teacher's kids, you know, so mm-hmm. I'd be over at their house, and I'd get a whooping, you know, so I know exactly how it all went. Oh, man. So it, it's, um, is it is it hard? I guess, yeah, again, it, it to me, kind of growing up that way, uh, so, Coach, when you, is it hard to try to draw these lines? I mean, you're, do you talk to the parents about what your what your expectations are of the kids? We do. We do. Yeah. Um, we have like booster club meetings or like mm-hmm. a parent day, and we kind of go over the expectations of 
what's expected of the of the player, but also what's expected of the parent yeah. of the player, and and how and uh, the big push is you know that the parents need to pull for each other's kids, not just their kid. Um, because that could happen in different sports, but like, hey, pull for everybody's kid. We're all in this together, and it it's 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 worked pretty well since I've started making that my message. And our message is is not just we want your kid to be a great baseball player. It's we want your kid to be a good person, yeah, man, and just be a great father. At the end of the day, if if I feel like I did my job, if if that happens at the end of the day, I'm 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 happy. Yeah. With what happened? And and baseball is kind of a means to that. It's really mm-hmm. not the yeah. It teaches you the end of the goal. You know, mm-hmm. very cool, very cool. So this will be a layup, you know, for our our youth ministry. <laughs> so we'll see. I hope so, man. So when you're dealing with kids, how does how does your faith influence how you, you know, treat kids or or deal with that interaction and and some of the frustrations that you run into. And, and uh, you know, God bless you for doing what you do. Because as I've gotten older, I've gotten less tolerant of kids for some reason. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm even. I think I'm even getting there. <laughs> not, not totally, but I, I see it. Um, man, I think I just look at Jesus. Uh, he, I mean, the whole story of God is love, and at the end of the day, when you're dealing with kids who are disrespectful, who are going through a rough time, who don't want to listen, um. A lot of times they're they're either missing they might be missing some love in their life right. or they just want love. So it, it, you've got to you've got to have an act of love um, when you're dealing with that. You've got to you've got to respond in a loving way without with you know with expectations with setting boundaries and, and setting um, with that. So I always go I always let them know that they're always loved. I love them, um, uh, uh, and a lot of times. Like the same kid I was talking about. The reason I got, I think I got so frustrated because I, I loved him so much. I saw yeah, what, yeah. and I think we same t- when we're parents, we see that too. And you know, I even tell the kids this all the time. Um, I, I think discipline is one of the greatest acts of love. Um, yep. And I don't know if they they fully get that, but you know, I see that in our faith in God uh, with uh, acts of discipline, and I think that it is an act of love uh, because if you don't care for a kid, you're not going to redirect them. You're not going to give them any kind of consequences because you're just, yeah. You just don't care. You just kind of ignore them or yeah. And know, so try to it, keep the noise down and, and <laughs> they know, and they know that and yeah. they see that they can feel that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, cause I've had, I've heard testimonies from kids who grew up in a home where their parents let them do whatever they want, didn't care what they did. Um, and they literally did. And their response was my parents just didn't care about me. They didn't love me, yeah. and then they had no one until it was either a coach or a teacher, or 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 a pastor or youth minister that said, "Sure, showed them some love in that way." Yeah, yeah, and correction's part of that. Yes, you know? definitely so. So, Dave, yours is a little more challenging, maybe being in the secular world. There's rules and regulations what a high school teacher can do. <laughs> yes. You know, you can't duct tape them to the wall apparently anymore. Uh, um, <laughs> depends on if it's a certain science. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I guess it's coefficient of friction <laughs> study. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I teach pretty much only AP physics. So I have like the cream of the crop kids. Yeah. And. You just got to find this the stick or you know the motivation because <laughs> yeah. they're for them mostly it's grades. I don't know whether it's they want the grades or their parents. Parents, somebody wants want a good grade. Grades. Yeah, so that's a big motivator to them, and um, sometimes too much motivation for those kids because they will do anything to get that grade. Yeah, 
uh, pretty fixated on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, like out of my spiritual gifts, mercy is like the top one. So usually I'm looking for, there's a root cause for their behavior, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, and just try and look with eyes of love. Yeah. At what's going on. I don't always ask. And, you know, if I can see that they're struggling, I might, you know, talk to them outside or say, if you want to talk, just let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've had some people do that, but I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't think I've yelled at kids in, man, I'd say over 20 years. Wow. But. Well, it's interesting too. Again, go back to my, my deal. You guys may have seen this too. So uh, I had uh, a teacher in high school. She was my, her and her husband were my parents' best friends. So we were, I mean, we, I grew up with them. It's like an aunt and uncle to me. And uh, and, and unfortunately, she, she taught Latin. So I had to take Latin for Ugh. four years in high school. And uh, so... And we would be in Latin, and Latin class was not big, not that many kids, particularly as you no went way. further along. It got smaller and smaller. By the time we were seniors, we had like eight kids in the class or something. So, uh, and we would be down the hall, and we'd hear a teacher down the hall just yelling at her kids, you know. And Mrs. V would turn to us, and she'd shake her head, and she goes, uh, she won't last. She yeah. goes just like that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it was very prescient because, you know, next year, a different teacher in that classroom. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it takes a mentality, I guess. You've got to really, you know, work on it. I mean, if you put me in a middle school class, I probably wouldn't last yeah. a day. See, <laughs> see. Same, same here. <laughs> <laughs> so is this, and you mentioned your, 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 you know, your uh, spiritual gift of mercy and everything like that. So um, is, there, is there any type of... Uh, I don't know. What do you try to instill to the kids? Do you actually talk to them about the idea that you honor your father and mother, that it's it's really a commandment, but it's almost it's just a good way to do things uh, to make your life better, too? I don't coach. Have you ever run into, had any discussions like that with uh, kids? No, we, we just say we got to be respectful to our parents and yeah. be appreciative of everything they've done because – with baseball, it takes a lot of time. Oh, yeah. And to be at a certain level to make the high school team, they've put in some serious time at some point. Yep. Um, and their parents made some huge sacrifices. So I I kind of mentioned, like, hey, we need to be real appreciative of yeah. what y'all, your parents have done to get you to this spot. Um, because it's, you got to have a lot of, you got to have like 18 guys to play a game. And if someone's got to be there to umpire it, there's a lot of time's got to be right. So it's, it, it's a tough sport to get into. So we just mentioned, make sure you tell your parents, thank you, understand the sacrifices they've done. You're not yeah. a professional baseball player. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and all those games, you know, growing up, all have led you as where you are, and there's more games to go. Yes, know, that type of thing. Yeah. Now, Steve, is, are there any spiritual practices that you follow that help you deal with, uh, <laughs> deal with the youth of today? Patience. Patience. Um, yeah patience and i've been told by either peers or parents that they've that's seen that from me is that i have a great amount of patience um and i think that i think if you're gonna be a teacher or coach same thing you're gonna have to have some yeah you're gonna have to have some patience um because you're not gonna last long uh and because i think even as a parent if you're just a parent of two kids or one three kids um 
that'll test your patience. But if you're dealing with 30, 40, 50 kids, um, yeah, so my spiritual practice is patience. Yeah. And uh, just being patient with them, taking my time, uh, picking my battles, um, having more one-on-one conversations, uh, and just same thing. I try to bring back that honor to your father and mother and be like, how do you how do you feel like when if they disrespect you or you get disrespected, how does that feel to you? And like, so how do you think your parents feel? And so, you know, uh, just being patient with those kids. And I think that goes a long way. They see it. um, And if you're patient with them and you don't give up on them, uh, I think my roughest kids saw that, especially when they became seniors. They said, man, I can't believe you stuck with me. I can't believe. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't really believe you really. Uh, loved me, <laughs> yeah. That's what I've yeah. been through. Put yourself. Yeah. That's wild. That's what a testimony. That's that's really cool. So, and, and we didn't talk about this, but does having uh, a classroom full of kids or uh, a, a te- you know a team full of kids does that help you in dealing with your own children? Is it or or vice versa? Has having your own children helped you deal with other people's children? So. Mr. Parsons, I, you're you're you're, you you're scowling. As, as my <laughs> as my children get older, yeah, it's it's helping more. Um, I just kind of see more like what they're going through. One on like being a kid and being confused or trying to figure something out. Mm-hmm. I would say definitely when I I didn't have kids and I was teaching or my kids were younger, and it was I was yeah definitely not the same. So yeah, I definitely yeah. feel like I'm learning. I've learned, I don't want to say, maybe patience, maybe grace, maybe more empathy. I don't know, but something along the lines of that. I think I'm just happy for who my kids turned out to be. Yeah. From what all I've seen other kids turn out (laughs) to be. (laughs) You're thankful. They don't have the best grades, but they... They love people and they're kind and yeah. That's all you can ask for. That's good. Yeah. Like a second that right there. That's a that's a uh, huge success. Mm. (laughs) A huge success. Yeah, my wife has a saying that uh, she says it all the time, so I don't say it as often as I should. But when she's talking to our our boys who are older now, but so from the time they were toddlers, she would always just say, "I just want what's best for you." You know, no matter what decision was being made, like you can't go to that movie or you can't go to that friend's house or, you know, whatever the deal was, that was kind of her, her saying. And, uh, we had our, our younger son actually went to medical school and then, uh, part of their community outreach deal, he worked in a needle exchange in the roughest part of Philadelphia. And, uh, so that after the first week of doing that, uh, we talked to him on the weekend and said, how did it go? And the very first words out of his mouth are, he says, Mom and Dad, i got to thank you for raising me, is what he said. Because he's kind of seen the other side of life that you don't see in beautiful downtown Flower Mound. I mean, we have drug problems in Flower Mound, but we don't have a needle exchange that I know of. So it's, uh, it, it's a different world. And, and you guys have really touched and done a great job on talking about when you see behavior issues or experience that type of thing. I think all three of you have said something about You've got to look behind that. What is causing that kid to act that way, you know, and, and have that mercy or have patience or have that uh, that offer that one on one. You know, would you like to talk about you know this? So I think that's uh, I applaud you guys for for doing that and uh, and taking that on. So believe it or not, that's going to wrap up our discussion for today. So honoring father and mother, you guys have uh, exemplified how you know 
how to encourage kids to do that, which is, uh, which is wonderful. So, um, again, thanks for joining us on uh, Men in Progress. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yes. <laughs> so there you have it, episode 17 of Men in Progress. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you'll join us again in June when our topic will be how faith gets us through divorce. Thanks again to Stephen Campbell, Dave Parsons, and Steve Garrison for joining me and sharing their wisdom with our listeners. Thanks again for listening to Men in Progress from Treach Memorial United Methodist Church in Flower Mound, Texas. I'm Dave Casey, and we'll see you next time. This episode of the Men in Progress podcast is sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church, where our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're in or near Flower Mound, Texas on any Sunday morning, we would love to welcome you to any of the Treach services. Or you can follow our services anytime on our Facebook page or at tmumc.org.